Hello, folks. Hello, folks. Thank you for joining me. Uh, welcome back to Trost Talk. This is now episode eight. We have had the ball rolling now for about a month and a half. Uh, today, I have on my show, my guest is one of my good friends. He and I met in college. He uh, is a really talented musician. He plays, uh, I would say, a wide variety of instruments. Um, he just has that music brain, something I do not. And uh, we met, he's quite a bit younger than me. He's kind of like a little brother. Um, we, uh, I, I don't know, I just wanted him on my show today. And we are going to be talking music and specifically death metal because he is extremely into it. I know very little about it. Um, so I'm interested to learn a bit, a little bit more and see how and why he got into this type of music scene. So for everybody to get introduced to, um, that was a, I, wow, I just, I was thinking on the fly on that one and did not know how to intro you. <laughs> but anyways, my uh, great friend, Mitch. Mitch, say hello to everybody. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Kyle, thanks for having me on. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Um, so, we are going to be like you wanted to talk death metal, um, and you specifically had uh, some issues with it and some things you wanted to vent about. Um, I also have some things I want to talk to you about and get some answers to and uh, see what the hell that is. So I do know about death metal. Uh, it's really loud, fast, extremely fast, which... If there is a thing that I do have a tip of my cap to, just on a, um, acknowledging talent, it is the speed in which they play. I I mean, I can't imagine doing that for that long for a whole concert. That's just, you know, that's something else. That's actually, I would say, an extreme talent. And um, But there's like some other things too I want to ask you, but let's get into it. Like, how did you first get into death metal? Like, what was your first album? Oh, man. So, I would say death metal or just, like, extreme metal in general. Uh, probably got into it, like, uh, middle school, eighth grade, maybe, ninth grade, around there. Um, my best friend Jordan, his, uh, his older brother, is in a, in a pretty heavy band, and um, they used to have local shows in our area back in Pennsylvania. And so... I mean, I was always into, like, uh, rock and metal and things like that, because that's what my parents listened to when I was growing up. And uh, I just started gravitating a little bit uh, more towards heavier music and um, seeing it live with uh, my friend Jordan and, and watching his brother play and being around the band and getting into that scene, like, really drove me towards going to listen to heavier music. Um, Particular, I guess, death metal or death core, whatever, whatever anyone wants to call it, because I think uh, putting a name on a genre is kind of just a label. Because every every band or musical act is different in some way, shape, or form. The way they perform their music and their style and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when you were saying metal did you i'm gonna guess you meant like the classical sense of metal um like a metallica or like an iron maiden or something 
that's who you originally started out with? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my dad, uh, I mean, grew up in the grew up in the eighties. That's when he was in high school, and that's when like metal started becoming prominent in the mainstream music at the time. And you know, Metallica broke onto the scene, and then obviously, like now, they're probably regarded as the most successful metal band to ever walk the earth because they're larger than life at this point. And you know, the eighties thrash metal and hair metal, things like that. My, my dad especially was into that and has, I mean, still listens to it to this day. So that's what I was listening to when I was younger. Basically, exactly, exactly like you said, Metallica and uh, bands of that era. Yeah. Yeah, Metallica was, uh, it was funny because I remember growing up when I started, you know, as a kid, you, like you said, you start getting into music probably around sixth, seventh grade, right? Um, and so I had, um, I had my, my dad's like, you know, album cases, stuff like that. And so I went through and I, you know, found Metallica, liked them. And then it wasn't until like way later on people in the eighties, I felt like there was like almost like a running joke that they hate Metallica now because... They're like, yeah, no, they're just way too many. They're like the kiss of the metal band group. Yeah, they definitely, they, they have some, uh, they got some haters for sure. People are always hating on their drummer, Lars, which, I mean, he's all right. He's nothing special in my opinion as far as technicality drumming, but hey, they paved the way for a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, bands in the future, so. You can hate on them, but you can't hate on them. Yeah, like if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be there sort of thing. Exactly. But we understand your argument of why you don't like them. They're a little bit overplayed, too, honestly. Well, yeah, I just think but it's like, funny, too, yeah, because... they've uh, earned that right. See, I think it's funny because, like, everybody starts talking shit about them like uh, I have some uncles who were like who were really big into the music scene uh, particularly in like the metal in the 80s and um, they were all yeah like yeah no Metallica was awesome for like their first two albums and then they like started releasing stuff like Enter Sandman and all that <laughs> and I'm sitting there like oh <laughs> that's why I like them <laughs> yeah I mean that's I definitely agree with uh, with that. The, the first few albums are so good, and then it kind of fell off. Like uh, their album Saint Anger, I, I'm not exactly sure when it came out, but that was just just not good, not good at all, not well received commercially either. And I don't know. Since then, they've ever in the, in the past like 15 years, they haven't really released anything significantly. Good. Their latest album is probably the most like their uh, their roots, but nothing nothing noteworthy. Yeah, I would say they're I pretty I I mean I pretty much would put them in their same uh, league as Kiss, but for just the metal scene, I feel like they're just oh, a, I, oh yeah they're definitely on the same level as Kiss. They're just a they're the typical sellout, but they don't give a shit. They're like, who gives a fuck? Look at my bank account. Oh, 100%. But they, but 
but they started yeah, out with the talent. They started out with the talent and were super talented, released two really yeah. good albums, and then realized, oh, now we can just kind of like sell out and cash out. Yeah, I'll fucking do that. They had um, they had a bassist pass away in a bus accident after um, uh, I think maybe their third or fourth album. I'm not exactly sure, but um, from what I've read and whatnot, I, I learned that he was, I guess, a, a main songwriter and probably he um contributed a lot to those first few albums that were like so like groundbreaking, commercially commercially successful. Obviously, losing a piece like that, you know, you, sometimes it's hard to sustain Yo. Like high success like that when you lose such a, an integral part of the songwriting process. Mitch, because yeah. they were on tour with Ozzy, weren't they? Um, I don't know the specific details of it, but I know it was a bus accident. Because that's how uh, Ozzy Osbourne's um, like guitarist died. Yeah, Randy Rhodes died, yeah. he died in a plane accident. Over there in uh, Zephyr Hills, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where it happened. It was in Zephyr. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, look up how the yeah, bassist, she, look up yeah. how that bassist died from Metallica. I have, I have a feeling this is, this is the reason. Uh, uh September 27th, 1986, they're in the European leg of their Danish Inc. tour. Damn it. I don't know if that's um, wrong, man. It sounds like they're in Europe. They're on the European tour. Yeah, it was uh, sunrise, in the morning when they were in Sweden, the bus driver apparently lost control and the bus overturned several times. Damn. Way off. Yeah. I don't know where I heard that then. I mean, I definitely know the Randy Road story. I guess I probably just assumed and jumped the gun. Um, yeah, because I know Randy Rowe died in that. I feel like somebody else died. I mean, I feel like that would just make sense, though, too, because a plane is going into a bus. But So Metallica, yeah, definitely the sellouts, I guess, to get back on topic. Um, who was, like, your first, what I would just call, screamo, death metal album uh, so I just want to clarify before I continue one of the biggest pet peeves <laughs> of anyone that enjoys this genre is when it's called screamo <laughs> and I get it I get why but it's just you know like a pet peeve thing. so I just wanted to say that but anyways my first uh, my first like band that I really started getting into I would say is uh Suicide Silence. I sent you a song the other day to, to listen to. Um, yeah, I would say they were probably the first band I really like started gravitating towards. Um, this they were just brutally heavy when I was listening to them back in I don't know what was that 2010. Um, and then they came out with an album I believe in 2012, which was. I love that. And then their uh, their singer actually passed away in a motorcycle accident. So I honestly never even got to see them live. They started touring with another vocalist afterwards, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's never the same, you know? Yeah, exactly. The vocalist is always the hardest thing to replace in a band. It's, 
Yeah. Honestly, that's it's super hard to pull music off. Has a signature sound, but the vocalist also has like that signature sound. Yeah, but like sometimes you can get lucky and something's better. Like ACDC got lucky. Oh, I agree. You can definitely get lucky, but I feel like even it's harder even in this genre of music because it's such a it's, certain it's, pitch. It's not an easy thing to do to like to be able to like scream or growl like that. Like they do, it takes a lot of practice. And then not only that, but you have like such a signature way that you do it and you sound. It's just he, he Mitch Lucker, their singer, was just so good at it. He's probably one of like the pioneers of, like, the death metal, death course, like, scene in the past decade, past 10, 15 years. I think he had a lot of influence on a lot of bands now. So they really got me into into it. And then, I know I've talked about this band with you before, <laughs> uh, Chelsea Grin. Yeah. I, actually I, started, uh, I don't mind them. I said I don't mind them. I'll, I'll get into my point, like where my issue is with this with this genre later. But I, I continue. I, I like where you're going with this. So, uh, yeah, I started really getting into Chelsea Grin. Um, I just thought they what they had that two five sounding black to me was they had more of like a little bit more of a technical aspect in their drumming and in their guitar playing. And for me, like. There's a lot of people who just listen to the music just because they like music, and then uh, someone like myself, I like to listen to music, and I can hear so many of the different layers, and like I know the technicality of playing and the drums and the guitar because I'm a musician, and because I play, um, I, I tend to gravitate more toward a lot more technical style, and a lot of people might say, oh, they're not very technical, but compared to Suicide Silence, you know, they take the breakdowns and they have a little bit more soloing um, and their riffing is a little bit more um, a little bit more technical so then I started gravitating more towards that and I it, it, his Alex Kohler their their old vocalist who was their their main vocalist he recently just left the band but he, he also had like a very distinct like low and high uh, scream and growl that just went so well with the music. Like, it was just one of those bands where it just seemed so complete, you know? Yeah, where everything kind of just comes together. Yeah, like, the, the, the musicians just meshed so well. And another thing that I really liked about them is, like I said, I'm a musician, I play guitar. They had three guitarists, which to me, like, at the time, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's so heavy. Like, they have three people playing guitar. Like, that's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was just, just kind of like mind-blowing to, like, my 13, 14-year-old self, who was, like, I was just starting to get into that genre. Never had really seen that before. Yeah. That would be heavy. It was definitely heavy at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, because, like, most bands only had two, ever. Even, like, heavy metal bands. They had two. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the majority is two, you know, you have two guitars and a bassist, usually. And yeah. they, I mean, they had a, they had a huge ass band. You know, the drummer, the three guitars, the bassist, the singer. That's a lot. So hey, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Then is Slipknot yep. is Slipknot like the kiss of uh, death metal? Uh, so I wouldn't even put Slipknot into 
into death metal. They're they're more of just they're heavy metal, but they're just they're like their own entity, you know. They're just so different. Um, just because, I, honestly, they're uh, also a huge influence on why I like heavier music. So like, I, where Metallica got heavy with guitars, like um, Slipknot got heavy with the the music, like the guitar, they got even heavier than Metallica and things like that. But he, the vocals and his style of, um, like, vocal input or whatever, just, just, just so aggressive and heavy that it's just another kind of, like another band that where everything best well. Like they have. They have you're wait, you're I, I, you're a Slipknot fan, right? Oh, big Slipknot fan. Yeah. That's right. That's what I remember. Um. Uh, um, so they're, but they've also changed a lot over the years. That's the thing. So what would you what would you put them in a genre? Just heavy metal, I would say. Yeah. Because they're not quite death metal, where like he doesn't growl or scream. He just he get like he screams, but it's not like uh, it's death like metal it's like clear what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could definitely, you, you could definitely hear the words in his, in his screams and his yells and things. Whereas, you know, death metal things like that, it's, it, can, it can get a little uh, hard to hear. Sometimes, you know, you have to read the lyrics while you're listening in order to kind of make out the words, but they're there. God, what a blind defense of a favorite band. <laughs> If you read the lyrics as you're listening, you can kind of hear it. That doesn't sound re- reassuring. That's not I a mean, good... there's definitely some... But, you know, there's, there's some vocalists. Like, I'm going to say one right now that pops in my head while we're talking about this. Um, uh, what's... Uh, the, the vocalist for signs of this one, the original vocalist. For who? I, Signs of the Swarm, okay. which is technically, they call it technical death metal. I, I don't know why uh, I asked, so I don't know sub, who this is. There's so many subgenres within metal and death metal, like, it's just, it gets out of hand. That's why I'm saying, like, it's just all, like, one thing, and everyone does their own way of it, you know? Yeah. Without putting a label on it. But, if we're in Chelsea Grin, for example, I can, I can listen to the song now, after I've read the lyrics, and I can hear, I, I can, like, hear the words in his, in his voice. Because I've read it, and I know what he's saying. But when I listen to Signs of the Swarm, like, there's parts of the song where, like, he's literally growling so low that you can't make out any type of word. And then there's parts where you can. So that's what I'm saying, like, some are just, some you can, some you can't. And some people like it, you know, like, I, I like them, I like both bands. A lot. I think they're both really good, and I think both of their music is really good. And honestly, like listening to the words, like it does it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it doesn't really bother me. I don't really care because as a musician, like I've said before, I like listening to the music. Sometimes a little just for the just for the instruments and the vocals are added, whatever. So it might bother some people, but it doesn't really bother me like that. See, that's where I was going to get into with you. I. And I told you this. So, like, Chelsea Grin, you sent me a couple songs, and I really like it. And I really like the sound because 
I'm a very heavy guy. Like I really like the heavy bass. I like to be able to have the music kind of like punch me in the face. And so there's a few Chelsea Grin songs that I really, really like. And then he starts singing and I am lost. And I'm like, I do not, I do not like it whatsoever. I mean, I totally get what you're saying. Um, it's funny that you, you say that you like a heavy bass, and obviously we've uh, we've experienced some rave together, or actually at the mess, I guess. But I was thinking of this parallel earlier when um, before I came come on came on your podcast here. Of I know I enjoy the metal and like heavy bass music, dubstep, and things like that. And I was trying to trying to find the parallel between the two because they kind of in my mind like they have like a similarity to them and I couldn't really put my finger on it until I really thought about it this morning but where I think that we both enjoy the, the music is in the breakdown like in dubstep you know it's like very like uh like 150 beats per minute like you know it's like bass like bouncing off the wall like uh 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 you know like the wonk that you hear. Yeah, and but dubstep's actually like break. dubstep's actually like like seventy or six or like uh, eighty beats per minute. Dubstep? Yeah, it's like Is it? I thought it was like one. I thought it was like I thought I thought for dub it was actually really small, and then mm-hmm. maybe I'm maybe I'm just having a dyslexic moment when I was reading it. I don't know. I always thought dub was super because uh, the. It's definitely between 140 and 150. Gotcha. I mean, that would make sense. um, I don't know where I heard that then. Hmm. Oh, well. But But continue. The parallel between these two genres, Kyle, is like the breakdown in the metal music is almost like just a normal dubstep track where it's very like, duh, 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 you know, like it has like a very like stop stop and go with effects with with the heavy bass. Yeah. That's where I draw the parallel. And that's why I think I liked it, and I'm so glad that you guys, like, introduced me to bass music, really. No, yeah, and that's that, that's the thing. You, is I like, know you, and shout out to Chris for that, too. What? I said I owe it to you, and I said shout out to Chris as well for, like, yeah. getting me into that type of music, like, taking me to, the, to uh, SMS. Yeah, uh, if you want to ever... Here's the thing, though. Chris likes that... He likes that pretty shit, too. I ain't about that. Um... You ever go to a, a festival again with any of us? Just stay with Soli and I. And at some point during the festival, he and I are going to go off and we're going to find the dirtiest, hardest set. And it's just going to be an incredible time. So you just stay with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with that. Yeah, no, it'll be always fun. That's what uh, Soli and I like to do. Um, and. That's where I like, I actually like get some love and appreciation for death metal on a sound part because um, I do, when it comes to like EDM, I do love just hard dub and heavy bass and all that. And it transitions very well to death metal. And from Michelle, she told me, I think it even stems like dub and all that kind of stems from um like death metal and heavy metal like the sound I like I know um, yeah one of one of everyone's favorite DJs bass nectar 
Yeah. Uh, actually started out as a bassist in a death metal band. That would make sense. So, uh, they do. They, there are some... There are some parallels oh, dude, like genres, Snails, Snails, who's one of my favorite dub artists, because he is just fucking, holy hell, um, he'll break your fucking neck. Um, he does a lot of mixes with, like, heavy death metal songs, like, heavy death metal songs, and he'll mix them, or not mix them, or, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out, see if I can find some more sounds. Uh, one of my favorite uh, dubstep artists, probably in my top three or five, is uh, Phase One from Disciple Records. Okay. And uh, he actually just dropped an album earlier this year, I want to say maybe April or May, um, called Transcendency. And actually, on the album, he has features from two... Well, one's like a death metal band, one's more just a metal band, but he also did a collab with a metal band um, last year, too, and, like, every time he does a collab with one of these bands, like, it just comes out sounding insane. Like, it's just incredible, like, how they can work, like, such different genres, like EDM and metal. Like, there's similarities, but they're so different, and then they can just work together, and it's just, it messes so well. And... That's why he's one of my favorite artists. Like, he he just does that so well with, with metal. Like, just throw gets it in there and makes it work somehow. Um, say that last part again. One, he, like Phase One's one of my uh, one of my favorite DJs because he uh. He, he just works well with metal metal artists. Like, he did a song with Die Artist Murder, which is, like, straight like, death metal, death core. Um, he did a song um, with the vocalist from a metal band called Periphery. And he also did... He did multiple songs with um, a band called In Hearts Wake. Or Northland, excuse me, or maybe both. But they're Australian bands, and he's an Australian producer, DJ. So kind of works out that way. But like his, the way that they work together is just it, the music fits together so well, and like the metal and the dubstep, like it just it goes together so well. To, no, it definitely to it definitely blends really well. Um, that's like why I say it's really just the lyrics of death metal that in singing that bother me. Because if it weren't for those, I probably could listen to that stuff instrumental all day long. I, I, I 100% get that too, you know? Like, um, I had started getting into more, like, instrumental music. Like, like progressive, like, progressive metal instrumental stuff. I don't really know how else to put it besides that. Um, there's a guitarist, um, his name is Jason Richardson. He was actually in Chelsea Grin for a little bit. He was in another band called Born of Osiris for a little bit. And right now, I think he currently is in All That Remains or something like that, or has LA Dying, I don't know. But he put out, like, solo solo music, and it's just so, it's just heavy, but it's so technical, but there's no, there's not, there's no vocals in it. So, like, I feel like it's a lot more, it's a lot more listenable to more people. Yeah. Because they take the vocals out, and it just, it 
changes the music. It, it, not, it sounds a lot heavy, but not as aggressive. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I even like the aggressive part of it too, though. Like, I get the scream. It's like the pig snarls and the, I don't know. I, it, it's definitely the lyrics that hold me back. And that's why, like, you know, when I was sending you kind of some of the notes that I was bringing up, um, you saw on there and you started laughing about, I said, quote from Alex Webster um, and from the band Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, and and he was talking about like he was being asked why he thinks it's not going to go mainstream, and uh, he was all, "Oh, I don't think it's the lyrics." Um, In his quote, he was basically saying how he doesn't think it's the lyrics, but it doesn't matter because you know they're not really worried about going mainstream. But essentially, it's not the lyrics that are. keeping them from going mainstream because like rappers and all that talk about pretty uh graphic stuff too but i'm like yes but so much differently than you do you know where rappers are talking about you know they'll say it briefly like you know they'll shoot somebody or something like that where you're talking about like i'll cut you open rip out your guts and like that's that's totally something that's not comparable that's that's like bringing a you know a knife to a gunfight <laughs> that's and being like oh no we're both on the same level here no you're not <laughs> you're both weapons but you're definitely one's definitely more dangerous than the other yeah I agree it's, it's just different it's not it was never I feel like it was never meant to go mainstream you know Oh, that's what I think too. I even have that written down on my notepad. I was like, I don't. I think they don't care. Like, I think they don't want it to be mainstream. Not even a little. No, I, no, I would one hundred percent say that that is that is definitely the truth. Like, I mean, it's it's just it's such a niche thing, you know. Oh, absolutely. Whereas, you know, people, you know, you don't you don't particularly like a rap song or like a rap artist, but like you could go to like a, a club and you can listen to it and still like enjoy. It having a time with your friends while listening to it, whereas, like, you're not going to just start enjoying your time if you listen to some cannibal course out of context. You don't like it to begin with, you know? And that's, you know what's so funny, too, is I love that he's saying that statement, and they're like, and, uh, I forgot, uh, what what band are you from again? Oh, Cannibal Corpse. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. No, it's not the lyrics. (laughs) They're, uh, they were one of like the originals, um, like the original like. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was reading about them too. Like, Cannibal Corpse is probably like one of the more mainstream like death metal, uh, death metal bands, you know. Yeah, them and like Slayer. Fallen in the in the scene. Was Slayer's like one of the originals too? Yeah, Slayer. Slayer fits in. I think more of the Metallica. More, they're more of the. Slash, or not Slash, excuse me, uh, Thrash scene that came out in the 80s with Metallica. They call them the Big Four, which is uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Thrax. They regard them as the Well, see, I've heard that there was like uh, some of the, I was reading that some of the beginning pioneers of death metal were like bands called like Venom was one of them I was reading. Yes, Venom. 
Um, and then I heard Slayer was like one of them. They really didn't release an album until like 83, but like <clears throat> it was more of like, like you said, it was more like a thrasher metal, um, kind of like the beginning of people starting to really take that and run with it and turn it into what we know as death metal. But um, I've read that like Venom and uh, Slayer were kind of like two of the big beginnings for death metal, kind of like what death metal is, is what I guess you could say they were kind of envisioning. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally, I would agree with that about um, Slayer and Venom. Uh, so where, where Slayer differs from Metallica and Thrash is, you know, Metallica wrote a lot of like very catchy, big mainstream songs, you know, um, like ballads, if you will. Yeah. That kind of, move across just the metal genre. They're not just heavy metal or thrash metal. They have, like, a like mainstream rock success where Slayer is very, like, they're very heavy. They don't, they're not, they don't have a lot of melody in their music. So it's not as appealing to the ear. Um, their vocals, Tom Araya, who's a piece of bass and the vocalist, and I believe they're actually on their farewell tour right now. Um, his vocals are very dry. There's no, no pitch shift, there's no high, there's no low, he kind of just like yells into the mic. Um, where, where Venom comes in to this, um, they're, they're the start of like black metal, which is uh, a, another subgenre of metal that came out of uh, like the Nordic countries in the 80s. Shout out to Mayhem, the band is crazy. Um, but Venom. They're, they're, they almost take Slayer and, like, take it to, like, um, I would say, like, not, not, they don't, like, make melody maybe as much, but it's very, like, it's very dark, very dark music. It's not even just, like, heavy as in, like, oh, like, the lyric, like, it's just, like, a dark genre, you know, where, like, the Mayhem, who's, like, in the same genre as Venom black metal like they were like burning churches down and shit <laughs> back in the 80s like they, they are like dark it's dark music like it's satanic not, it's not even something I listen to I don't like that shit it's not appealing to me whatsoever or like I can listen to Slayer like a little bit but even they get a little old to me but like Venom and black metal is just it's not very appealing do they um do you like Venom and all them? The black, or is that like the more of the satanic kind of shit? Oh, definitely. I would say that's that's definitely more along the actual like satanic part of metal, where they're actually like doing bad things. So, kind of to get in, because one of the things you wanted to vent about was that you hated the whole death metal gets the bad rep for, uh, you know, the whole satanic bullshit. Um, and all of that. But my question to you is how can you say that when like you read their lyrics and all their shit is pretty like all about mutilation. It's pretty, I would say pretty, um, I want to say grotesque, but like I'd say it's pretty vulgar shit. It's it's pretty in your fucking face and like, what? You're definitely right. Like, there, you know, I would say the whole satanic culture in the majority of the metal scene 
Um, aside from the black metal where they're burning churches down and things like that, like, yeah, like metal bands, like, uh, like a lot of them flaunt, like, like upside down crosses and things like that. But I think it's more of just a, a symbol of, um, like religious freedom, not so much like trying to be like satanic in a sense where like you're sacrificing humans and goats and things like that for Satan himself. Um, like, Ask the majority of people in, who listen to this music and ask them if they believe that there's, like, a half-man, half-goat thing that, like, comes out of the, the middle of the earth, you know? Like, no one's gonna, like, that's just not a thing. But they see Satan as, like, like a, a, a symbol of, like, freedom, you know? Like, um, in my opinion, like, the Catholic religion, yeah, it's kind of a sham, you know? Like, you gotta... You have to do certain things to be a good person, you know. I don't, I don't believe in that. Like, you can't eat meat on a Friday, or you're a bad person, or you can't curse, or you're a bad person, or you can't have sex before marriage, and you're a bad person. Like, that's just a sham to me, and that's just their way of like having like control over you and what you do. And I just, it's not, it's just not for me. So I think that people view like metal and Satan. Well, I think I think the whole religion, though, I think is a great moral base for people. I, I do think that there's certain – I think it's one of those things where if you tell somebody not to do something, you have the feeling and you pretty much know they're probably going to do it, but they're going to do it with more caution, and maybe they'll think about it more. So it's like I think people know – I mean, obviously, back in the day, it probably wasn't this way. But, like, uh, to me, today, religion's, like, one of those things where it's, like, there's all these things that they're telling you know about. But they're more of, like, now it's more of, like, hey, we're doing this because if we don't, you're not even going to think about your actions. Now you're going to be thinking about your actions and, you know, really weighing the options of whatever you're about to do. Uh, that's actually a good point of view to look at it. I never, I never honestly thought about it in that aspect. Um, but I feel like to have a moral compass, you don't need religion. Yeah, but religions, what I mean, without that, I mean, I mean, I guess from we would never know because from the dawn of time, right? We've had, from what we know, we've had religion always guiding what you think is right or wrong, um, and I, I would say so far has done a pretty good job, right? Like, you know, not to go, well, most people know not to go out and run out and just start killing people. Um, you know, there's some order within the universe that, you know, we treat people with decency, but I feel like religion has helped guide that in some manner because that's really kind of what shaped mankind from here on out or since from ever since we've known. But, um, I think it's a good for, like I keep saying, good for moral purposes. Um, anyways, I don't want to get too sidetracked with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that with, like, death metal and the whole religion thing, I, th- I mean, I, I understand where it's kind of like a, a going against the grain where you're like, I don't want to be like everybody else. So there is, like, a sense of freedom to it because it's something of your own like death metal really is something that's been around for 40 years but is still such a niche market i mean i can't think of names name something else that has got 30 to 40 years of success and is still not 
you know, a mainstream and is still super niche. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, think about EDM, for example. It's very niche, you know, like... Yeah, but EDM's huge now, with it, especially within our generation. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot bigger, but um, it's, it's very niche, though. Like, where I'm from in Pennsylvania, like, there's really not much of an EDM scene at all. But, like, if you come down south, like, there's a lot, like, a bigger EDM scene, you know? Yeah, I mean, on the West Coast, it's starting to get big. Um, definitely still, like, people like music out here. Like, they like, like music, like EDM's not music. Um, people like more, like, alternative bands and stuff like that out here on the West Coast. Um, actually, up in the North, the Northwest over here in the Pacific Northwest, there's actually, a, I would say, a pretty big EDM scene. Really? Really. I mean, because you have like Odessa is from Seattle. There's a lot of EDM artists from Seattle. So um, the scene is pretty big up here. I didn't suspect that, to be honest. I figured it was like, oh, I think that's pretty much where it started. Because like the club scene and stuff like that is so big out there. Yeah, I mean... I love it though. It's I it's just it's different. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I I definitely was uh, held off on it for as long as I could. It just wasn't my sound. And then I went to a festival and I was like, okay. <laughs> That's how it happens to all of us, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, all right. I, I mean, I got it. It was the festival was a lot of fun, and then, I mean, I still would say I don't really listen to EDM. Like, I'm not an avid listener. I like it. There's certain things that I will listen to. Um, sometimes I go on SoundCloud and I just put like a radio on, but not 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 too too much. Um, not often. Um, uh Oh, hey, so I was as I was reading about this, I wanted to ask you what these were. What what's uh palm muting? I mean I could kinda I feel like I could guess what it is, but like what is it uh, fully so and like what does it do? It's a, it's a just a technique. Um when you're playing guitar, like you uh you have your picking hand, which is normally your right hand if you're right handed, obviously. Um and you basically, like, you just, you, like, rest your hands on the strings while you're picking. It's called palm eating. It just gives it a certain, um, does it make it, like, a heavier, like, effect, like a... Does it make it do more of, like, the whoop, whoop, like, that kind of stuff, where... Yeah, it's kind of, like, more of, like, it gives it, like, more of a chug. Okay. Like, a fuller, fuller sound type of deal. You, you definitely have heard it music. Probably just it's. They just don't realize. Oh, I would imagine, yeah, yeah. I I would imagine. So it's like when people, because I've seen people do it too, like where, or they'll like rub the strings back and forth, kind of thing, as they're playing. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Um, you know what I mean? Kind of like doing a little. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Like a whammy bar, kind of. I guess you could say. 
I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, slide in and out, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's all for like just extra effect, you know? Like, yeah, just give the added texture. And it's not even palm muting isn't even just in metal. They use it in every genre, really. Like, you hear a lot in like jazz and things like that. Where it's like so. It just has a good fair sound to it. I want to give us a little, um, a little intermission here from music. I kind of want to, because I have a couple of these written out. So uh, one of my things I like to do on the show is "Would You Rather." Um, Normally, I save it. Normally, I save it for the end. But um, I want to give you one right now. I I mean, we're at like forty-five minutes in. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I feel like it'd be a nice little intermission break. Um, So here's my first question. Uh, would you rather walk across uh, 50 feet uh, or 500 feet of hot coals or 10 lashes? 10 lashes? Really? Definitely, dude. 500 feet of hot coals? That's so far, dude. <laughs> but 10 lashes? That's pretty. I feel like here's the thing with hot coals. I feel like you could run that, right? You said walk. I guess that's true. Um, I'll change it then. We'll do walk 100 feet or 10 lashes. Oh, then walk 100 probably. Really? I mean, yeah, walking 100 feet is not that fast. You can speed walk. I mean, 10 lashes, obviously. You know, that's going to hurt pretty bad. Yeah, I don't – I mean, obviously, either way, right, you're you're not going to be getting out of pain. Um, just choosing the lesser of two evils at this point. Exactly. Um, I think I would go 10 lashes. Uh, I feel like it could be done. Who Actually, I don't know. I, I think 100 feet might be done quicker. That's that's generally always where my brain goes with questions like this. What, what would be done quicker? That's pretty much how I thought about it. And I feel like you could, walk, or you could speed walk across those coals faster. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's just the bottom of your feet, right? I mean, it definitely yeah. going to be hurt. I mean, definitely going to be hurting for the next month as you're healing, but Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you on this. I'm going to go 100 feet over hot coals. I, think I just that's... think it's uh yeah, they're, they're both just sunk, but 100 feet, you could, you could get across that pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, that's like what? That's like the length of a basketball court? Is that how long 100 feet is? Yeah, I think a basketball, well, I mean, I think it's close. I think- yeah, I would totally do that. <laughs> Over 10 lashes. Now, but imagine walking five NBA courts. Yeah. <laughs> 94 feet. Damn. Where am I the where the fuck am I getting 150 from? Couldn't tell ya. Yeah. Oh well. Man, I've been yeah, wrong on a lot today. Oh well. Um So uh, back to music. Um, 
There was some other stuff that you wanted to talk about. What else did you want to be getting into? Um, well, you know, I want to I wanted to give a shout out to my boys in 2020 Music. Yeah. Uh, to 2020 Pablo, Joey Allen, and uh, 2020 JC. Um, they. You know, they released their, their debut album a couple of years ago, almost now. It's crazy. It's been almost two years. Um, but yeah, they're, Jordan just dropped a new song, aka 2020 Pablo. Just dropped a new song, yes, or Friday, excuse me, called Loose Ends. So all y'all listening should go and check that out. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, 2020 Music also has some new stuff that's coming in this fall. Hopefully another album, but we'll see. Um, going into death metal music, I guess, or metal music in general. Um, another local band that I know, like people I know in it, uh, called the Hopewell Furnace. Um, they have a new track coming out soon as well. It was supposed to come out, I think, this past Friday as well, but uh, it got pushed back for reasons unknown. But yeah, I would definitely there. They're just that's a different type of metal, man. It's just crazy. It's fast. It's faster than anything you can imagine. It's just super technical and tuned down. It's it just hits differently. Hits differently. Um, I will say. I mean, I don't know that the heavy metal band, but um, the twenty twenty music, Pablo, and all them. I really like. Mitch showed me a song of theirs. Uh, I want to say about six, seven months ago. They're actually a really good band. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to call them band group. What should I call them? Musical group? Yeah, it's a musical group. It's, yeah. like, it's like rap, R&B type stuff, you know? It's not like straight rap music, but it's not like R&B. Rap. I would say it's like alternative yeah. hip-hop. It's really good. It's kind of got... Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely vibier, um, which is good. Kind of... Uh, which I talked about on earlier episodes with my cousin, kind of like that that smoky room, uh, vibey kind of uh, feel to it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, very good way to put it. Very good way to put it, actually. That's, Just like, yeah, like smoky, smoke room, chill music. Yeah, like you know? you're getting high like, with your yeah. boys and you guys are all just kind of vibing out. You know, they also make some good sex music too. I'll give them that shout out too, you know, like when you're laid up with your boo. Yeah. There's a couple 2020 songs in there that you can get a little freaking too. They're they're good. I like them. I definitely. I mean, I have some of their songs downloaded. Um, they're good. They're a good group. Uh, I definitely think they're talented. Uh, they're actually lyrically. I would say they're lyrically better than I would have imagined they would have been. To be honest. Oh, I I I think that's one of their strongest you know, they are. I agree. Lyrically inclined. I agree. I agree. And like, I love, I, I, I remember I told you like my favorite line and my favorite song of theirs where he's all, um, uh, what was it? He goes, and I ain't famous, but that money coming in is dangerous. Like he's acknowledging, yeah, yeah, he, you know, he's like giving uh, facts. Uh, like he's not uh, like claiming he's something he's not. He's like, I know I ain't famous, but I got money coming in and that shit's still dangerous. And I like that shit. That was, that was nice. You know, dude, like that. Um, I, I honestly believe, bro. Like they have, uh, they have high potential to like 
you know, like blow up a little bit, you know, it just kind of takes, it just takes that one person to hear it one time, you know? Yeah, like I mean, the whole, the whole dynamic of, of the group and what, what it's doing, like, yeah, and um, just one person, you never know, like, she have a, a record deal off that or she gained some massive exposure and it could just, like, start, like, look at, for example, Lil Nas X, this man just made a song, like, about the horses in the back and he, this song goes viral in no time and now the kid's a millionaire, you know, makes one track. Yeah, he said he also, uh, I guess it came out where he said he just made 50 memes with his song in the background, like playing over the thing, and that's how he got famous. Oh, that's right, because it got big on like TikTok or something, right? Yeah, and or and uh, and like Instagram, because he was like dubbing videos to his music and just throwing them out there, and uh, it like took off. And that's how people started downloading his song because they all liked the song. You know who? You know who I would say uh, it's kind of like the originator of something like that. You know, like just uh, like uh, you know how he said he he just put it on like that, put it on memes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, see, you remember, you know, like maybe a decade ago or so, people used to download music illegally, like on LimeWire, CrossWire, and things like that. Oh right? yeah! Oh yeah! Well, uh, Soulja Boy, actually, how he blew up is he made himself go viral as well. I guess it was obviously, like, before memes and things like that were, like, a huge thing in society. But what he did was he would name, like, a comp, like, he would take, like, a song that was commonly downloaded, like, illegally on one of those sites, and he would put his song on, like, the line, on LimeWire or whatever, and he would name it that. So people would download the track thinking it was something else, and then they would hear it, and then like that's how that's how that song um, "Crank That" blew up is because he basically like frauded on people on like LimeWire, and uh, <laughs> it went so viral. But if you think about it, like that's like that's like marketing genius, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean. Who else? I mean, just like else little is... sex, like what he did, like that's like marketing genius, like this man. No, for sure. That that's he's understanding the market. He gets it. He gets. He understands what's uh, going out there. Pro- probably part of my struggle. Like I don't market myself enough. Uh, also, just started, but um, yeah, no. I mean, uh, they. I mean, they understand it. They. I mean, that's what that's what separates them from everybody else, right? Is they can they. Yeah, 100%. That's what they understand how to get to where they want to be, um, which is great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess get back to 2020 music. Like, um, I think they're great. I think they're lyrically really well. Uh, their sound is good. Um, they'll, they just keep at it. They'll definitely, they'll be there. Sometimes that's what it is too, man. Sometimes you just got to stay in the game long enough. Um, while others give up and fall out, you're still there. Like, you know, that's, I mean, that you're uh, having some success. To, Sooner or later, you're going to get picked up. Just to give a little background on them. Um, I mean, Jordan and I, like, Jordan is 2020 Pablo for anyone listening who doesn't know what I'm talking about. We, uh, 
we started we started making music like on a rock band mic in my basement like the summer before our senior year of high school and then it just gradually got into more and more and i mean jordan jordan does all their mixing and mastering like um he's not the producer so like, he doesn't make the beats but like he records all of, like the, vo- the vocals and then like you know make the sound good because you know you, you don't just record onto a beat and then it just sounds good. You gotta like mix it and stuff like that. And he does all that himself. So like they don't like, go to a studio or anything. Like they have one in their in their crib and they do all this stuff in house basically. So they just like buy a beat from a producer and then uh, take care of the rest on their own. Which I think is really cool. You know, it it, it gives it a lot more like personal. Personal flair, if you want to give it a call that. Yeah, I, um, I think because they are all they all know each other, right? You guys are all like good friends. Yeah, I, we, um, me, Jordan, and uh, John went to high school together, and Joey, they met while we were in college. So, I mean, they all know each. We, we've known each other for a while, and Joey just kind of like added to uh added to the to the group coming out of nowhere john actually like started working with them i think that's how they they yeah i would imagine i would imagine that's how he probably they probably met right um yeah well nice um so i kind of want to dive back in because i still have a lot of questions i want to get back into the death metal stuff with you um but for everybody out there who is listening, do go check them out. Twenty Twenty Music. Um, I'm gonna. It's Pablo and what? Uh, Twenty Twenty Pablo, Twenty Twenty JC, and Joey Allen. All right, go check them out. Uh, I I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, for all twelve of you listening. Um, anyways, so I want to get back into death metal. Um, I, I want to, the reason I want to get back into it is because I do have a lot of questions is regarding to where you drew the interest in it. Like what about all the, the songs, you know, are pretty heavy with mutilation. What about that is attractive to you? I don't think it was so much that, like, uh, it was it's not the lyrics that makes me attracted to the music. It's it's the the actual like instruments themselves. I think that's what I'm drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And I like I don't know. I'm kind of an upbeat person with a large larger than life personality for the most part. So I don't know. I like I like fast and heavy, and it kind of gives you all of that. Where uh, so you I I would assume been to a lot of death metal concerts, correct? Yeah, I've been to quite a few. Uh, <laughs> I've been to a few. Um, what are, I would imagine death metal concerts are probably a little more intense than, say, like what most people would think a Slipknot concert is like? Uh, not really. I mean, it's all, it, it's all similar. Like, you know, you go there and you have your mosh pits and stuff like that, but it, it, it is a lot more or a lot less like you know jumping around and shit than you'd think because kind of just you like 
you just, you know, bang your head a little bit and listen to the music. You don't really, like, not, like, dancing around with anyone. So it's loud, though, for sure. Very, very loud. Yeah, I got to imagine. Uh, do you bring earplugs? No, I don't, honestly. And that's one thing I've been thinking about, like, um, going to concerts. I need to start, like, wearing earplugs because I'm going to... My ears oh, dude, my ears, I feel like, are already shot. Oh, yeah, dude, it's so bad. I can just hear, I can already see, like, my hearing is going down bad because <laughs> the all those festivals just never wearing any uh earbuds. My god, my ears are just always just taking a thrashing, especially, especially Ultra Man. Oh my god, my ears were destroyed. Yeah, that, I would agree. They make like you know those high fidelity earplugs. I always see advertised online. I think I'm gonna buy a pair and try those out. They must work. They must are better than not wearing earplugs at all. Oh, dude, I'm definitely gonna. Are you talking about like those filter ones? Yeah. Yeah, I want to get some of those too. Um, Joey Lombardi actually had a pair. Um, when we were at SMF and I was asking, he said that they made a huge difference. Like, the music is still really good, but, like, you're not, like, you know, destroying your eardrums. Oh, I bet. I mean, they're, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, what musicians wear. Probably. Although, I guess it's got to be different from... I've always wondered that up there. Like, how loud is it for the band playing? Or is it because they're more so behind the speakers, it's not too loud? Yeah, they, I, yeah definitely. They probably don't hear it nearly as, as much. Because they're behind it? Yeah. So, mosh pits in uh, death metal band or death metal concerts, are they similar or how are they uh, as far as, I guess, mosh pit etiquette that you would see at like festivals? All right. So, um, I would say in metal. There's definitely more arm flailing and leg kicking in the mosh pits. So, uh, uh, I mean, just to give you a little backstory here on a mosh pit, my first warp tour, I, I think I've only been to one actually. Um, I was like 14 or 15, something like that. I was in high school. And I went, you know, it was the first band of the day. I think it was uh, Bless the Fall they were playing. It was like, 12 o'clock in the afternoon like like noon and I was like I was, you know super hyped went to go on the mosh pit took, took a spinning back fist from some big dude and yeah it knocked me out cold <laughs> you told me this story this is my favorite story too you told me this in college and I could not stop laughing because I just totally I, I know you and when Mitch gets revved up, he's just so about it, and you can't talk him out of anything. <laughs> so he probably ran in there, totally ready to just to start getting hit and hit people, and boop, <laughs> done. Yeah, that's yeah. I pretty much went in there a little naive about what was going on, but you know what? The cool thing is uh, the etiquette. It's you know, it's just like festivals. You know, where everyone's like nice to each other. Like yeah, you know. You send someone down, pick them up, things like that. Um, the dude who knocked me out cold literally scooped me up in his arms and like carried me out. 
That's see, that's good. Like you always get that one. You always get that one jackass who's there to like, I'm just gonna fucking take everybody out, and then everyone's like, Yo, what the fuck? And they don't even realize that. Then they end up getting teamed up on by everybody else in the mosh pit because everyone's oh, like, hundred percent. In metal, we call those crowd killers. No one likes a crowd killer. So don't be a crowd killer. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're like, all right, tough guy. You might be able to hit one or two people pretty hard, but like everybody's now gunning for you. <laughs> you you're done. You know, you're you're there to get energy out. You're not there to hurt people. You're there. You're there to be enjoying the music with those people. The same people are who are enjoying the music with you. Yeah, I mean, but it's like with anything. You're not there to hurt each other. You're just there to get your energy out or do whatever you. It's like with anything, right? Though you always get that one. You always get that one bad egg, right? So, like with anything, you always get somebody who just like is being an idiot and ruins it for the rest of you. But that's where, like, again, with the mosh pit etiquette, where it's like everyone goes, "Okay, it's like an unspoken thing." Like, we'll take him out now. Yeah. I I remember. it's similar. I think it's similar. It's just, it's just a little different. Dude, I so one of my favorite. I was uh, it was probably like one of my earlier festivals I went to, and it was in the middle of the day. It was like seven. It was like before the sun's going down. It was like six o'clock, six thirty, and I'm watching this mosh pit go out, go on, and this kid's in there. He's probably six four, maybe two ten, two fifteen. He's a big guy, but. He's in the middle right before the beats about or like right before it drops, the beat drops. And um, he's in there and he's like kind of pushing everybody who's around the circle, <laughs> who's like circled around him. And it's like him and a couple people in the middle. Right. And he's like pushing everybody. He's like, let's fucking go. He's talking hot shit. And you can tell this is probably his first time in a mosh pit. And he thinks because he's a big, strong guy, he's going to be fine and nobody's going to be able to do anything. And he's fucking with all these people. And you can see he's like the way he's hitting people. People are like getting pissed off. (laughs) As soon as it drops, his back's to obviously somebody because he's encircled. And this guy just takes off and cold cocks him in the back. (laughs) This kid snaps his head back falls to the ground nobody helps him up because everybody is pissed off at him and he gets up and this man's face is like he realizes oh fuck (laughs) i don't realize what i just got myself into and then he kind of like goes off to the side and he just starts like standing in an area jumping up and down half smiling like what the fuck is going on yeah, that'll happen to you. Just don't be that guy, you know? Exactly. Not the hard way. I could not stop laughing. I was dying watching this all go down. Oh, I would be laughing, too. I mean, they deserve it. They deserve it, you feel? Not saying that you should go and, like, you know, try to hurt someone, but... No, definitely not. not. I feel bad if someone does it either. No, I mean, if you're going to go in there and be a dick, like, you deserve what's coming to you. Yeah, 100%. I 100% agree with that. I one time saw this chick was in there and she just got absolutely bodied. <laughs> I was, I, that was like always, one of my, it's fun watching that show. what? It's like fun watching people like get bodied and stuff like in Washington. Oh yeah. But this chick was, first of all, like when I saw her in there, I was like, what are you doing in there? Because she was probably five, five 
and it's like just tiny, just like tiny. Like everybody else in there is like, well, big dudes who were like five ten plus, five six foot, and she was a tiny girl. Like, I don't know. And I was still new at festivals, so I was like, all right, well, maybe she's just been to a lot of festivals and she can handle it, right? I'm not even kidding you. Like ten seconds in, <laughs> just thrashed. She's in the sand, <laughs> and just I don't know. Maybe that's what she likes, but. She got absolutely bodied. Wasn't even. It was Dude, not honestly, even. I don't even go in mosh pits anymore. I've never been a big mosh pit guy. I've never really had to go out and just like want to truck people. Like I've never really cared well, about I, that. I enjoy that, but like I just I can't do mosh pits. There's too much like like random movement, like like with your legs and stuff, like getting pushed from like you know not paying attention and shit. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, I, I pull out my knee and stuff, and, and that's just like asking for it to happen again in, in an environment like that. So I like to be around the mosh pit, but I, I, I like to, I stand off to the side a bit and just uh, just enjoy watching what's going on. Yeah, I definitely like watching mosh pits. I'm not a I'm not a mosh pit guy, but I like watching them. They're fun to watch. I know you used to like it's funny. You see some funny stuff going on. Oh, for sure. That's why I love it. Because one, I love people watching in general. Two, do something like where there's a, like just a gathering of people all there for one thing. You're going to see some wild shit. Especially when it's violent stuff like mosh pits. And yes, I'm saying mosh pits are violent, but I don't think, like, they're deadly. I mean, violent in the sense that, like, you're pushing, shoving, and, like, kicking and, you know, yeah, flailing. Yeah. I would say violent. I would say rough. What'd you say? I would say not. I wouldn't say violent. I would say rough. That's probably a better like way of putting it. That's a better way of putting it. The majority of people don't go in there to hurt other people. Yeah. They yeah. go in there. True, 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 true. I would say rough is... Rough is definitely the best way to put it. Um, struggling to kind of like find a way to ask this, but it's like you're trying, you know, you're saying you're upset about the fact that, you know, it gets this stereotype of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just, it, it's upsetting that it gets this, like, such a negative stereotype, but it, it's like, it's like a positive thing, you know? Like, it's, it's a positive outlet for, like, you know, if you're feeling a certain way, like, However, it helps you get out whatever you need to get out. But people think, like, oh, like, everyone who lives to metal, like, oh, they got, like, issues, and, like, we were school shooters, and we hate our lives, we hate everyone around us. Like, like there's a lot of, like, good, like, positivity, like, within the scene. Like, people don't get that. They don't see that part of it, which is annoying, because, like, they think, like, oh, like, we're just, like, satanic and things like that. But, like, that's literally the complete opposite for the most part. Maybe I'm jumping the gun on this, but because you're saying it's a lot of positivity, um, would it be because the majority of the people who are enjoying this market, they're in a niche market, I would say more so are probably people who are, um, I don't want to say outcast, but like people who are maybe struggling to find like a group or something to belong to. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. 
Um, you're not wrong, honestly. It, it definitely is kind of like a little bit of an outcast genre. I feel like I'm probably uh, a little different when it comes to that because like, most people probably, like, if you just looked at me on the outside, you probably wouldn't even know that that's the kind of music I listen to. Um, so, yeah, I know. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, like there, there's something, I mean, I guess I, I feel like I, I may have put that the wrong way, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. My point across was, you know, I don't know. I think like, so that's why there's a lot of positivity in it, which is a good thing though. Like, cause it could very easily go the other way where if it was like, if you were feeling like you wanted something to belong to and it was a bad group, that's how you get right. That's how you get like a, like a, uh, what is it? Uh, Marilyn Manson, that was his name, <laughs> big cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would say it's a good outlet. Music's always a good outlet, though, too, for anything. Music's a, it can get that emotional touch. Like, um, you know, music's probably the one thing I would say that really connects to people emotionally better than anything. Um, in my opinion, like movies, yeah, they can draw emotion out, but music's can like music can like seriously affect your mood on the drop of a hat. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so when you're listening to like death metal, um, thrasher music, what are you using it for? Like, do you do it to like release anger, or do you just like to do it to like get up and go, get some energy, or does it kind of depend on your mood? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, like, I mean, I definitely listen to it when, I, when I'm upset or feeling some type of way sometimes, but I, I'd use it as, like, you know, get you, get you up and moving. It really is to make you open your eyes a little bit in the morning or whenever, you know, you get a little boost. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely uh, makes you wake up a little bit, for sure. I would say that's more what I use it for. Not because, and that's, like, a thing, like, people, people think that we're just, like, angry people. Like, I mean... Yeah, there's definitely angry aspects of the music, but that doesn't mean like everyone who listens to it is like wants to go and kill someone. I would say that's fair. Um, I would say that's a, a very fair. Normal people who listen to like other shit, and there's weird people who listen to normal stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh fuck me. Damn it. Something happened and my stuff stopped recording, which was weird. I don't know how long we missed, but it's going back up again. That was weird. I think it's just time to get a new laptop at this point. Start investing in my future. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I need to get a new one. My cat spilled water on mine a couple weeks ago. Dude, my girlfriend just broke my fucking TV. Hope she's not listening. <laughs> I'm sure she is. She uh, coughed up. She says she says this. I quote: "I coughed up just a little bit of water, and I guess it just rolled down into where oh the the digital uh, controls are on your TV, and it like short circuited everything, dude." Uh, so this would happen. So we're about to like watch TV. We're getting ready for bed. And she, I'm not paying attention because I'm editing like one of my episodes. 
and um, I look up and I see her wiping my TV, and I'm like, "Yo, yo, yo! Don't, don't do that! Don't do that!" Like, because she was just wiping it with a uh, a wet rag, and I was like, "Don't, don't just wipe that with a wet rag." And she goes, "No, I, I spilled water on it," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> she goes, "Yeah, yeah, no, no, like it, it's fine, it's fine." And then, so we're watching TV, and my TV all of a sudden just starts going, like, volume just starts dropping to zero. And then it shoots all the way up to 100, and then right back down to zero, and then my TV goes off. (laughs) And then, and then, uh, she's, like, messing with the wires in the back, and it, my TV goes back on, she goes, oh, Oh, see, see, yeah, no, see, uh, it was just, the, it wasn't in all the way. And I was like, okay. And then we start watching and my TV drops in volume to zero, goes off. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm done. Um, so no TV. Um, it's been, uh, yeah, man, not happy, but oh, well, uh, she yeah, understand. I wouldn't be either. Yeah, I know. Um, I just don't understand, like, because I didn't see any of it go, so I truly don't know what happened. Or what happened? I can only assume based off of what yeah, I, what yeah, I have. I, I get that too, you know. Yeah, you so I'm like, you, you can't you can't be super upset because you really don't know what happened. Yeah, and you know, I have. I will say, I have a hard time believing it was a little bit of water if it's going to get my TV to short circuit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could be, you never know, though. Oh, what? Uh, whatever, you know. It is what it is now. It doesn't matter how mad you get it. It's already screwed. Oh, 100%. It doesn't matter. The TV is gone. So I-, I walk by it every now and then and just, I'm like, just who knows? Out of dumb luck, maybe it works and I press it and never turns on. Never turns back on. I get so demoralized. But, oh, well. She said she'd buy me a new one. She's all, I don't know when I'll be able to, but I will buy you a new one. <laughs> so I could be, that could mean I'm going to be out of a TV for six months. But hey, maybe that'll give me more time to focus on my podcast. So I guess it's a win. Um, so I want to do another intermission for uh, a Would You Rather. Um, okay. Would you rather? <laughs> so you have to pick one of these jobs. Would you rather be the guy who cleans up all the semen on porn sets or you pop cysts on animals for a living? Like all the, all these animals with massive cysts, you have to pop them. Wait, wait, what was the first one? So you're the guy who cleans up all the semen on porn sets? Or you're popping animal-sized cysts. Like, oh, I would do the animal cysts for sure. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I think porn, though, I think a lot of the semen in porn is, like, not actual semen, though, too. They do a lot of fake stuff. It's, like, a lot of, like, like I think, like, coconut um, paste and, like, water. Wait, wait. What do you mean, coconut paste and water? 
So you know, like um, coconut paste, like what you would put like in a um, uh, what's it, a pina colada? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that, and then they mix in a little bit of water, so it's kind of like got a thick consistency, like semen. But I mean, I guess the, what I'm finding loopholes. The question is, it's actual semen. So would you rather clean up semen or? Um, those massive animal cysts, you could pop those. Oh, dude, those probably smell so bad. And like, oh, man, I'm like, oh, gagging thinking about it. Dude, I don't that think shit I doesn't bother that. me. That shit doesn't bother me at all. What? That's, that shit does not bother me. Oh, uh, see, that bothers me. I mean, don't get me wrong. It bothers me to ha- I would. It bother me to have to clean up semen for a living. But, I mean, I imagine I would have gloves and, like, some proper stuff to clean it with. Right, that's true. I see you. I, I don't think the system. Those, those cysts, too. I mean, those are just, oh man, they're just like all wa- oh, all pus and water and like, woo. I can't, I don't know that I could do that. I'm like, I'm having a hard time even just talking about the cysts. Like, my eyes are watering, my mouth's watering. <laughs> Ew. My, I'm like gagging a little bit. You know, you have you get that pre-gag feel, like right before you gag, where you're kind of like, "I'm about to gag." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, I do like that we were able to come on here and talk about death metal, um, particularly because I, I do think that I do agree that it gets a bad rap. Um, I don't think it's as violent as it it comes off. It's almost like a, a, it's almost like a dog where the bark is louder than the bite sort of thing. Or, you know, mm-hmm. he's all bark, no bite. That's pretty much what death metal is. Like, it's just, it's all these violent things, but in reality, what it is is a sense of camaraderie and a, a sense of bringing people together who necessarily maybe, you know, need something to be a part of or even just have an, yeah, need an yeah, outlet, I mean, even just an like outlet that. of like rage. Like they're just like, Hey, you know, you want to come, you know, bang your head to this because you just needed a, a physical outlet. Come do that too. Um, you know, I think music really does is one of those things that where it, it, it really does all forms of it. It provides a release in some sort of manner. Um, and is always good for people that it's like, it's always a good outlet. Um, so I, I do, I do think, uh, you know, I would always appreciate that. And I truly do think that these guitarists and bassists and drummers, I re- I really do think that they are super talented just because I may not agree or not agree just because I may not like their, uh, their sound or what it is. I mean, you can't deny that the speed and rate that they're playing at is not incredible. I mean, it is still. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not easy. None yeah, like their fingers. Why, like, that's another thing. Like, people don't respect the music. Like, you don't have to like it, but you also don't have to like bash it at the same time. Like, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Like, that's for, bullshit. You have respect for something that you don't like. I agree. That's bullshit. Because it's like, I maybe don't like. I don't like you know UFC and boxing all that. It's just I'm not that into it. But I still respect it as like what what it they yeah, are the as a sport. What? I'm the same way with that, honestly. Like, I'm not huge into, like, boxing or ultimate fighting, but, but I definitely respect it, man. I don't know if I could get in there, you know. Hell no. Maybe I probably would, honestly. Hell but no, yeah. And, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to. <laughs> and and you see the, the technique and, like, what they got to do. And, I mean, 
Fuck. Yeah. No, but I, I agree. I like it. Um, and the speed is... So what is it when you're, like, the guitarist, like, when they're playing that fast, and they're, I would imagine they're palm muting, so it's not like... They're probably more so just picking really fast, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. But still, that's incredible speed, man. Yeah, it, it gets pretty fast. Do you, do you get more... Are you more impressed by the drummers or the guitarists with death metal? Uh, it depends on the depends on the bands, honestly. Some bands have more technical drumming, some have more technical guitar, it just depends. Wow, what an answer. Um just provided a lot of content there. Um so thanks for that. Um, well, man, what do you got going on the rest of the day? Obviously, well, work. As soon as we get off the phone here, basically gonna get ready for work in about five or ten minutes. Yeah. And then I'm gonna be stuck at work until midnight, so that's always fun. And then, do you have class on Monday or no? No, I'm not taking any summer class right now, but school does start in like uh, probably three weeks, honestly. All right. Well, hey, um, we'll say goodbye after this. I want one would you rather. So would you rather marry your dream girl, but the first time you have sex, your mom watches, or fight a honey badger to death with your bare hands? Oh, that's this is a good one. Right? <laughs> that really makes you think for a second. Uh, honestly... I'd probably just have to go with having sex with my mom watching because I love animals and I wouldn't want to hurt an animal, so I'm going to go with that. My mom, my mom can watch us have sex. She can be grossed out. I don't care. <laughs> It'd be a little <laughs> awkward, but <laughs> it is what it is. I've done, I think I've done worse things. Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving might be a little weird, but at least you're not getting mutilated and having to try and kill a honey badger. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, not try- I'm not trying to get, like, you know... Destroyed by a honey badger and then having to kill it. I think I'm going to go the opposite. I think I'm going to fight a honey badger. Um, I can see you doing that. (laughs) I think I definitely would fight a honey badger rather than have my poor mother watch watch what I do in the bedroom. (laughs) I don't don't think she needs to see that. I'm going to fight a honey badger 10 out of 10 times. (laughs) I got you. All right, well, hey, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, I'll let you go. I know you got to get back to work or go back to get to get ready for to go to work. Um, Thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to doing this again with you soon. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on. Shout out to everyone listening. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. All right. Take it easy, brother. I'll take it easy, man. Bye.